0: Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 14 Of Saving Faith, Paragraphs 2 and 3 By this faith a Christian believeth to be true whatsoever is revealed in the Word, for the authority of God himself speaking therein, and acteth differently upon that which each particular passage thereof containeth, yielding obedience to the commands, trembling at the threatenings, and embracing the promises of God for this life, and that which is to come. But the principal acts of saving faith are accepting, receiving, and resting upon Christ alone for justification, sanctification, and eternal life, by virtue of the covenant of grace. Paragraph 3 This faith is different in degrees, weak or strong, may be often in many ways assailed and weakened, but gets the victory, growing up in many to the attainment of a full assurance through Christ, who is both the author and finisher of our faith. At the time of this recording, our country is in the middle of the coronavirus, a pandemic that is sweeping not just the UK, but also the whole world. Today, a real question that many of us are asking is who we can believe. The virus itself is called different things. Some argue that it will not have run its course for 18 months, while others say, God willing, by the summer, things will be okay. We've been told that cleaning our hands and keeping a distance will help matters, but others argue that the pandemic is running rampant and nothing seems to be standing in its way. By God's grace, the pandemic will soon be over, and by his grace, we will have listened to the lessons taught to us by this pandemic. But today we can be absolutely certain. Today we can be sure. And it is for the believer, the Christian who looks to the word of God for his or her certainty. Paragraph 2 of chapter 14 of the Westminster Confession of Saving Faith tells us that by this saving faith, which as we heard last time out, is worked supernaturally in us by the Holy Spirit, by this saving faith A Christian believes to be true whatever is revealed in the Word of God, for the authority of God himself speaks therein. The Christian has a wonderful confidence in the Word of God, and we receive it as true, not because of the good advice of an elder or a church, but we believe that the Word is full of authority, because within it, God himself is speaking. Whenever I read the Bible on a Sunday, I declare to the congregation, this is the Word of God. That is a constant reminder to us that what we are about to read and what we are about to hear is not just earthly wisdom, but it is the very Word of God. We are hearing Him speaking in our own tongue every single week. Every time the Bible is opened, we hear the voice of God. By saving faith, a Christian believes to be true whatever is revealed in that Word. Humanity may declare it to be ridiculous, it may be seen by many to be foolish, but the Christian receives it and holds to it and believes it because we believe this word is the word of God. In First Thessalonians 2 and verse 13, Paul rejoices and thanks God constantly for the Thessalonians. He says, you received the word of God which you heard from us. You accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is the word of God which is at work in you believers. The saving faith of these Thessalonians displayed itself in the fact that they received the word from Paul, the apostle, as the word of God. They believed it, they received it, they trusted in it. And Paul himself, when he stood before Felix, was able to say in Acts 24 and verse 14, This I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets. And it wasn't just the apostle. The Samaritans in John 4 and verse 41 believed because of Christ's word. And indeed they said to the Samaritan woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the saviour of the world. The church in Thessalonica, the Apostle Paul himself, and the Samaritans who had met with Christ and listened to his teaching, all received the word, full of authority, because they knew they had heard God himself speaking in it. Saving faith believes to be true whatsoever is revealed in the word of God. But saving faith also acts upon each passage. It doesn't just hear the word and then go away as if nothing has ever been said. Saving faith acts differently upon that which each particular passage contains. So the Christian believes the word of God, full of the authority because it is God's very words spoken into our lives, but the Christian also acts upon the word of God. And several examples are given here in this passage. Firstly, the Westminster Divines tell us that we obey God's commands. So when we hear God speaking, and when he commands us to do something by his word, we do it, we follow it, we take him at his word, and we do what he has told us to do. Paul in Romans 16 verses 5 to 26 tells us that there was a mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but that mystery has now been revealed, it has been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings, says Paul, has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith. Saving faith believes the Word of God, and saving faith acts upon what it hears, and saving faith obeys what God tells us to do. We are men and women of faith, and the Word of God has been made known to bring about the obedience of saving faith. But Christians do not only just obey They also tremble when we come across the threats in God's Word. At first listen, that seems like a strange thing for the Westminster Divines to say. After all, we know that our God is a gracious God. He is for us, his bride, the church. He has made a covenant to be our God and we to be his people. So therefore, why would we ever fear or tremble at his threats? My friends, we tremble at his threats because we acknowledge and understand who our God is. We see it wonderfully in Isaiah chapter 66. In verse 1, the Lord says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me, and what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made, says the Lord, and so all these things came to be. When we hear passages like this, we should marvel at the grandeur and splendor of our God. Sometimes we treat him like he is an idol made out of wood or stone. We keep him in our back pocket for a rainy day and hopefully he will always do things that please us. But if we believe in an image like this of our God, then we have believed in a false image. Our God is the Almighty God, the awesome God, the God who, as he has told us in his word, has heaven as his throne and the earth as his footstool. And so when the Lord speaks... The Christian should tremble. We know him. He has revealed himself to us. We understand who he is and what he is about. And therefore, we know that he is not to be trifled with. It is the fear of God, as we read in the Proverbs, that is the beginning of all wisdom. And because of that fear in our lives, we tremble at his threats. The Lord says in this same passage at the end of verse 2, This is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. When God speaks, the Christian listens. We obey his commandments and we tremble at his threats. But also, say the divines, we embrace his promises in life and in the life to come. The Christian understands that we are living in dark and difficult days. But the Christian does not despair as those who have no hope often do. Because the Christian understands and knows the promises of God that he has made to us and revealed to us in his precious word. And the Christian receives these promises for life now and also for the life to come. And the Christian clings to these promises, holds tightly to them and stores them up in our hearts. We see that in Hebrews 11 and verse 13 as the Apostle Paul tells us about the Old Testament believers. Men and women who looked in faith to Christ These were men and women who had not yet received the things promised and yet they all died in saving faith, having seen the promises of God and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. These men and women had not yet seen the fulfillment of God's promises, but they believed them anyway. It is as Paul continues in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8, bodily training is of some value. But godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So when the believer hears the word of God read, when the believer reads it for themselves, when we think upon it and meditate upon it, no matter how difficult its message might seem, the believer receives this word as the very word of God, full of his authority, acting upon it in obedience and trembling and embracing the promises of God for today, and also for eternity. And yet, as the Divines finish this paragraph, they make it clear that the principal acts of saving faith are accepting, receiving, and resting upon Christ. Christ alone, for justification, sanctification, and eternal life, by virtue of the covenant of grace. And so, as Chad Van Dixhorn puts it, Saving faith accepts the whole of God's Word and seeks to act as God requires and to trust what God promises, both for this life and that which is to come. But saving faith, says Van Dixhorn, does have a special focus. That special focus, according to the Westminster Divines, is Christ and Him alone. We receive Christ by faith. We rest in Christ by faith, And we understand and know that it is in Christ and him alone that we have our justification, sanctification and eternal life. So because of saving faith in Jesus, we have been justified. We have been declared righteous by Almighty God. And through saving faith in Jesus, we have been and are being and will be sanctified. We will be made more and more like Christ every single day. The old man or woman will be destroyed, When one day we will stand sinless and spotless in glory, and we will see Jesus. And it is through saving faith in Christ alone that we have received eternal life. If coronavirus is to be the end of you or the end of me, well, by saving faith, we will see heaven. We will sing with the choirs of heavenly angels and delight in the presence of our Lord forevermore. So saving faith believes the Word of God, but saving faith especially sets its focus on Jesus. And all of this is worked by virtue of the covenant of grace, the covenant that God has made with us, the covenant that says, I will be your God and you will be my people, the covenant that sent a child of a woman to crush the head of the serpent. Jesus is that child, he is that seed, and all that has been accomplished for us is by Christ alone, by virtue of this wonderful covenant. But saving faith, according to paragraph 3, is different in degrees. Sometimes it is weak, and sometimes it is strong. I'm sure that every single one of you listening to this podcast will know the truth of this. Sometimes in your life you will believe that you're able to do all things. You're someone who is on fire for the Lord. You're passionate in prayer. You're clinging tightly to the promises of God that He has made to you. And then sometimes you will feel incredibly weak. You're struggling to read the Scriptures. You know that it's the Word of God, but to you it just feels like a chore. Faith is different in degrees, sometimes weak or sometimes strong. Sometimes, says Paul in Hebrews 5 and verses 13 to 14, when our faith is weak, it is as if we are living on milk. And then on other days when we are strong in the faith, Well, that's when we receive the solid food. It is for the mature, says the apostle. And today as we listen to this, I would want to urge you not to despair if you believe that currently you are drinking milk and not to be arrogant if you believe that you are absolutely on solid food. Scripture is full of men and women like us who sometimes had a strong faith and sometimes it was weak. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 and verse 30, If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? How many of us today are full of worry and fear and trepidation because of the coronavirus, and yet we have believed in Christ. We have this wonderful God-given gift of saving faith, where we have received and rest in Jesus, and yet today we are panicking. Today we are wondering and worrying, where is God in all of this? Will I see the end of this? And the Lord speaks, telling us not to fear, O you of little faith. There are times when our faith is weak. But also we see in the scriptures times when the faith of God's people is strong. Abraham had been made a promise that he would have descendants more numerous than the stars in the sky. And yet, says Paul in Romans 4 and 19, He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a 100 years old. And he did not weaken in faith when he considered the barrenness of his wife's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave God the glory. And we see in the centurion in Matthew 8 and verse 10, he causes Jesus to marvel. And the Lord says, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. The Christian life is one where we will often be like Abraham, strong in our faith and being strengthened in our faith. At times those around us will marvel at our faith and say, I can't understand how you can put up with this. I marvel at the strength of your faith. And then in other days our faith will be weak. The solid food will have to be put away and we will once again reach for spiritual milk. My brothers and sisters, do not despair. This is the Christian life. The ups and the downs go with the territory, but as we will see as this paragraph comes to a close, our faith will one day be victorious. See, the divines tell us that our faith will often be attacked and weakened. We see this, for example, in the life of Simon Peter. The Lord Jesus tells him in Luke 22 and verse 31, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. We should not be surprised when our faith is attacked. We are, according to Paul in Ephesians 6 and verse 16, in all circumstances to take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the devil. Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He rages against the church because he knows his time is short and his goal is to attack and to weaken the faith of believers. And yet even if we often feel attacked and weakened and assailed, even if we've listened to this podcast today and cannot remember the last time our faith felt strong, our faith given to us by God himself will be victorious. In 1 John 5 and verses 4 to 5, We read this, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? My brothers and sisters, we have believed that Jesus is the Son of God. We have exercised our saving faith. We have received and rested in Christ By saving faith. And therefore we can trust the promise of God in this passage that we will indeed overcome the world, just as Jesus has promised. And how will we have this victory? By our faith. Sometimes weak. Sometimes strong. Often attacked and often weakened. But always, always victorious. This saving faith will not be put to shame. And this saving faith will grow each and every day. The divines put it like this. This saving faith is growing up in many to the attainment of a full assurance through Christ. Here is our goal in life. To the attainment of a full assurance. Looking to the day that we will see Christ with our own eyes. In Hebrews 6 and verse 11, Paul says, We desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Today we pray that the Lord would grow us up in our faith. Today we ask him to strengthen our faith by his word and by the sacraments, by the ordinary means of grace, may the Lord God Almighty build us up to a full attainment of assurance in Christ. Knowing today and being absolutely confident that Christ has started the work in us and he will certainly bring it to completion. In Hebrews 12 and 2, we remind ourselves that our saving faith today looks to Jesus, the founder of and perfecter of our faith. My brothers and sisters, as we listen together today to these words, we are in dark and troubled times here in Northern Ireland and wherever you may be. The coronavirus causes us to worry. Today is the first day here in Northern Ireland that we have been told to go nowhere except only the places that are absolutely essential. We are self-isolating. We are locked away in our homes. We are trying to do things to take our mind off what seems to be constant bad news. We are filled with worry about loved ones and family and friends and jobs and the uncertainty of these days. But even today, in the midst of all that, as men and women of faith, we rejoice. We have received and we rest in Christ by faith. And today, he is the founder and perfecter of our faith. And so today, even with tears in our eyes, today we look to Jesus. Here are five questions for you to ponder. Question one. How is the Christian to receive the Word of God? Question two. In what three ways are we to respond God's Word. Question 3. What is the special focus of our saving faith, and why? Question 4. By what means will the Christian have victory over the world? Support your answer, biblically. Question 5. Our faith is sometimes weak, sometimes strong. Why can we be confident today? that we will see glory. That's all for today. As always, my name is Scott Woodburn, and until next time, this we confess.